Welcome to this week's episode of EJ Nerds Debates. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo alongside Jordan Angie. And uh big uh probably the biggest movie of the biggest movie release of the year came out this week. Kong uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Um we're gonna review that as our typical after our typical review of Falcon Winter Soldier. Jordan. Hey guys, uh happy Easter. We're recording this on Easter Sunday. So if you celebrate Easter, happy Easter. Hope you're enjoying all eating all of your kids' candy, because I know I am. Um, but uh, yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier this week, man. It was really, really good. Um, you know, Z, uh, it, to me, it was all about Zemo uh, this week. I think he is such a cool, almost underutilized character, because with him, you know, there, there's no superpowers with Zemo. You know, there's no... The, the story behind Zemo is that he hates superheroes and he worked for Hydra. And, you know, it because of that, you get a lot of that shades of gray with him. And yeah, what a, what a killer episode, you know, the, this show, I'm looking forward to watching this as a movie. I still haven't done that for WandaVision and I almost don't think you need to, but I think this show, I think once it's over with, I think it's going to be worth watching as like a six hour movie to see what it's like because i bet you it's pretty epic because they're cramming a lot of stuff in it. but yeah great great week this week for me uh you know Mar- marvel knows what they're doing i'm a little bummed that they pushed black widow because i was really looking forward to this show ending and black widow uh rolling out the next week but um at least we know we're definitively getting it finally so i can get over that pretty quick and we'll, we'll have a small gap where we've been spoiled from having marvel and good content and move into it but uh, E, what's your overall thoughts this week, man? What'd you think of this episode? I thought it was great. Um, Zemo being the primary part of it was really what I was looking forward to. Um, from what I read prior to the series, uh, the trailers and all that. Um, I'm very excited. I've always loved Zemo. Uh, love, glad they kept the casting um, from, from Civil War. So that was perfect. Sharon Carter returned, uh, being the enemy of the state that she is. Uh, very saw a different side of her, um, which I liked. Um, and one thing too, it's kind of stood out to me where I'm still on the fence on the flag smashers, which does differ in the comics to what they've done here, where flag smasher is a singular, an actual villain. This is more of a group of anarchists but we're still not sure if they're good or bad <laughs> in this it kind of to me this week it at, that at best at best they're not they're, they're anti-heroes because i mean let's be honest they killed a whole facility full of people yes like so they 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 if they are good boy, but they it's better after have kind of... but it's after they took stuff for the other survivors of the blip yeah, yeah. So it's, it, you know, and it, I'm with you. I think it's, so it's very interesting to see where they're at. Yeah, and it sort of reminds me. Um, this was quoted in National Treasure, but it's in the Declaration of Independence, and the quote is: "But when a long train of abuse, of abuses and aspirations pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism." It is their right 
It is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. And that is what the vibe I got from this episode of the Flag Smashers was. It's this sort of like, they've held on to this stuff for so long and kept it from the people. We need to steal it for the people. Yeah, it's, I think once we see their whole arc, I think it'll definitely, you know, it, it'll definitely tell us what they're about, you know, how we feel this week may be very different. Maybe next week something will happen. You'd be like, right. oh, okay. Yes. You know, it, you know, so it's just a, it, we got so used to WandaVision where it was like, oh my God, we have theories every week. I know I'm struggling to like watch the show now and have to like remind myself like, bro, just, just watch the show. Um, for, for me this week, you know, one of the, my big questions rolling out of it was Sharon Carter. Um, you know, you mentioned her, how you've seen a new side of her, you know, there's a couple of things. Number one, what the hell is she doing in Madripoor? Yep. And what the hell is she doing being a art dealer? Quote unquote. Um, I picked up some mega sexual attention between her and Sam. Yes. We, we kind of figured that would happen. Yeah, there was some mega like, there was and it's weird because, because I thought she and Cap hooked up, but then Cap went back in time and it went with Peggy. Freaking Marvel in their freaking timelines, yeah. but um, but yeah, man. So here's I'm gonna throw this out this week, Eric. You can tell me I'm crazy, but what is Sharon Carter's purpose? Like, because we know we're gonna get something out of Zemo. We're gonna find out what he's really about. I'm just going to throw it out there. I think she, she's working with somebody, obviously. She does say that line that we have three problems when she gets picked up. Um, yeah. So I want to say she's probably the power broker. Maybe that's, she went back. That's what I wrote down, too. Um, I think, she's, that the, was I think a, she's the power broker. That was a popular theory that came out of, uh, out of this episode from a lot of people from what I was reading. Um, a lot of people have that same feeling that she is the power broker. Also, the assumption, too, is that she was the one that shot Selby. She kind of had to be. like She was the only one that was there that would have. But this is Marvel. I'll tell you another theory that I kind of read, too, that if she's not the power broker, what if she's working with Fury? Fury's still out there. You know, and he keeps tabs on his adventures. But doesn't that... So is he... Is he in the WandaVision universe? <laughs> Could be. Um, like at the end of he, that, we saw with Monica in the theater. And, I mean, hey, like it or is it's he, Marvel. Yeah. It, it, everything can mean something or everything can mean nothing. And you know, but so it, it, as, as a non-popular thing, what if she's working with Fury? I, I just I, I know the comics, Sharon Carter has her own run and her different arcs, but you know, I think with her i think a heel turn would be so cool you know everything in marvel is so squeaky clean and i think you know her being this like once good person and being corrupted by the world and what it became during the blip i think that'd be a cool layer to her character other than just being the really hot granddaughter of peggy carter that captain may or may not have diddled with and that's weird yeah um that's a very interesting, uh, interesting point. Uh, it never really crossed my mind that she'd be working with Beery. Um, but 
yeah, I do. I do believe uh, she's the power broker here. Um, I just think it lines up that way. I mean, she's because of her family lineage, knowing how Captain America came to be. She's an enemy of the state. I mean, how uh, in I think she kind of knew too in the shipping container, the one that had the the hidden compartment as well. I think she knew it was there. She knew who was operating and how to get in. She probably, I mean, at, at that point, she could have coordinated it getting blown up. You know, like, at that point, like, she was a badass in that scene too, by the way. That was, that was some Black Widow level type ass whooping she was handed out there. And that shipping container, I, that was probably like my favorite scene in this whole show, in this whole episode, was Sharon Carter just beating the, either that or Winter Soldier, actual Winter Soldier, um, beating the shit out of people. So we had a really good scene with her beating the crap out of people. And then we had Bucky pretending to be Winter Soldier again. And, you know, that look Sam gives him where he's like petrified because he's like, he was really, he... He wasn't fighting like Bucky normally fights. If he had fought like that, he would have been able, I think, to take on the, the Flag Smashers. That was a different type of Bucky that um, was beating the crap out of those guys in Madripoor. So, Yeah, no, it's going to be good. And then this is another one I came up with based off the ending. Um, but when they're in Latvia, Zemo, Sam, and Bucky, and he goes off on his own, he picks up the I don't know what it was exactly, but just the little steel ball things. And it was a Wakandan tracking device. Yeah. Like he, he, he said, recognized that he recognized the symbol. Yeah. He looked, that's what I read after the fact. Yeah. So he found these Wakandan tracking devices and he goes, I was waiting for you to show up and turning around. It's, it's IO, um, which surprised me. Uh, like that was the, my holy shit moment for that episode, like, yes. And now it makes me think, okay, we've got that we've now got an Easter egg for the Wakanda series. But also, is Bucky working with the Wakandans to kill Zemo because he did kill King Chaka in Civil War? That... I absolutely think he is like he at the end of the day, like he became Bucky again, not because of anything Cap did, but because they took him in in Wakanda, you know, they gave him the name, the white wolf, you know, and we didn't get to see a lot of it. Cause that was like a very buried storyline, but I think we're going to peel back some of that onion. And I, yeah, I agree. I think, I think Bucky is at least helping the Wakandans, you know, Get at, get at Zemo because I mean there's got to be more than one reason from, for just having to solve this mission there's no reason he would break him out of jail but if you had the motivation of knowing hey he can help us with this and also I could repay a debt that I owe to these people and possibly let them get their hands on him I mean if I'm Bucky that's a win-win for me yeah I definitely definitely agree um, and that that's pretty much sums up that episode. I mean, it was a lot of badass moments, and then that ending. Um, 
I'm yeah, I'm just looking forward to episode four. Um, seeing the connection with Wakanda to this series and hoping it continues to set up for the Wakanda series itself. It's halfway over with, dude. I know. We're already through episode three. Damn it. Like, oh, it sucks. And it's awesome all at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I, th- this show has got another, it's another Marvel show. So there's just so many moving parts, you know, what's going on with Zemo, you know, what's going on with, um, you know, what's going on with Sharon Carter, you know, what's going on with New Cap? We didn't talk about him much, but he did have a line in this episode. And yeah. I wanted to bring this up because he said, do you know who I am? And to one of the villains, he was like going after the guy's like, yeah, I know who you are. And I just shortened my notes. I put, yeah, dot, dot, dot. You're a freaking Hydra agent. Of course I know who you are. Because um, I'm still on that theory, bro. I will stay on that theory until they show me that I'm wrong. And they probably will. Um, that I just, there's something about him. And it's not the fact that he's unlikable. He just seems to have a confidence in him. If I was to be named Captain America, I would be shitting myself. And this guy just seems like he's got a lot going on. You know, he's he's already comfortable, like, circumventing the system, and he feels very comfortable in that role. And it just makes me wonder if he's been in a Hydra and he's been getting groomed to possibly ever take this mantle or infiltrate it. And yeah, he's... I'm still on the train that he's no good. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. Um, not, I don't know if really it's Hydra, but it's definitely something's definitely up. And my theory is, I think how Sam gets the shield is going to be he he does something to completely screw it up. <laughs> maybe he like maybe Sam like exposes him. Maybe. These war medals he's gotten, maybe it was all bullcrap. Maybe he's not a hydra agent, but maybe he's not this American hero that he hyped himself to be. And it comes out, and that's how Sam. Because I really, I, I, when they first gave Sam the shield in Endgame, I was like, oh, really? But then the more and more I've thought about it, the more I've watched the show, like, come on, man. Sam, Sam is what Americans are right now. You know, he's the face that represents everything in America. And I just I want Sam to get a shield, but yeah, that'd be that'd be a cool wrinkle. Instead of him being a hydra agent, if he exposes him or something happens where new cap isn't so squeaky clean. Yeah, and I know uh, I know you've uh, I haven't dealt with it, but and I mean real life ish, real life. Uh, you've heard people tell you play the "Do you know who I am?" card. It's the ultimate douchebag move to say that. Um, yeah, that's the, definitely like the, that's like the celebrity thing. It's like, yeah. come on. Which is, if, okay, hold on. Think about this. This just crossed my mind. That same line was used in episode two, but in a completely different way. Because when Sam and Bucky get stopped by those cops, they're like, don't you know who he is? So, hang on now. Maybe there's a, Maybe there's a thread there of, you know, that line, because that's twice in two weeks now that line's being used, but it's in completely different context. Right. To completely give out two different messages. I don't know. That's something that just like occurred to me. Like that's back to back weeks that lines come up. Yeah. And 
just going back to that to last week it is a different it's a different way of using it like Do you know, it wasn't the person, it wasn't Sam saying, do you know who I am? It was Bucky going like, how do you not know who this is? Like, he helped bring people back from the blip. Or he was, he got brought back from the blip. He saved your ass again. It's like, Falcon. It's yeah. the Avenger, yeah. you know? Like, he's, or I think he's earned that right to have that, you know? Like, if anybody's ever earn that right it's the guy that saved the freaking world from being ended twice you know yeah. but yeah it's i don't know that's just interesting to me that that's back-to-back weeks now that line's been used in two totally different contexts yeah yeah if a person yeah it's just my thing if a person says do you know who i am like like it's a it's okay like certain times it's okay to say that but the but it's also a tone thing like how cap said it i can't believe i called him cap how john walker said it oh <laughs> um, and he and he used the curse word this week sorry language yeah he said that and i wrote that down i said he used the curse word steve rogers would have never used the curse word sir and he went through some shit yeah. <laughs> and he never once used the curse word no no and and he got called out for saying language in Age of Ultron. Yeah, potty mouth, man. Can't be having that. It's PG thirteen. Yes, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's our take on uh, that's our take on the week on this week's episode of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, look again, we have no idea what next week holds. Um, they don't really do promos or trailers for next week, so. Each week's a surprise. They, they kind of do, but honestly, I avoid them. I don't want to know. Like, I, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know who's going to pop up. I don't want to know direction. I want to go into it as cold as I can. Yeah, I want to watch it and be surprised by like, oh, shit, they're doing this? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, episode three, really good. Again, just keeping on with the with the theme of leaving us uh, asking questions and wanting more. Um, but let's get into, let's get into the biggest uh, movie release in over a year. Um, internationally, I think I read it was 123 million. Uh, on the they, box just, office. they just released the American box office for this weekend. And the three-day weekend was thirty-three point seven million. The five-day weekend it was forty-eight point six. Okay. So that is. I'm just gonna tell you now, Eric. If nothing else, Godzilla versus Kong is going to go down as one of the most significant movies in American film. And I know it's like a stupidly bold statement, but considering the movie theater industry was forced out of business almost, and to see a movie that doesn't require any kind of backstory, doesn't require any setup to come out and put up those kinds of numbers in a pandemic world is stupid impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, let's get into it. Um, we saw it in two, we saw it two different ways. Um, so, but let's get, before we do that, uh, let's get the reviews in. Um, 
personally, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was, again, as you said, no setup, no buildup. This is just, hey, let's just put these two against each other. Um, no, they made it in the, they made this very similar in the 1960s, uh, but obviously way, way better effects than then. <laughs> um, but a couple things I liked and didn't like. One, um, they brought back a couple of characters from Godzilla King of Monsters for just continuity purposes. Other than that, I felt they served no point to the plot of the movie, which again, there really wasn't much of one um, in my opinion, but I thought it was sort of just like, hey, we're throwing these characters in because they were in Godzilla. Okay, cool. Uh, but the film itself, um, what I liked about it was it really brought, they really did a great job of bringing in like the histories of Kong and Godzilla, like sort of how they became, how the species became rivals, quote unquote. Um, I thought they did great there. Um, a couple small battles before the big battle type type deal um, in C, Hong Kong. And basically, uh, and the other thing too, um, at the end of their fight in Hong Kong was, <laughs> I thought it was sort of cheesy, basically giving Kong a battle axe that you see in Halo or Fortnite <laughs> um, and using that to be, to unite with Godzilla to go after Mechazilla. Um, so I thought there's some cliches and corniness, but look, man, that's a movie you don't watch for a plot for, uh, for anything. It's just, you want to watch prehistoric monsters beat the shit out of each other. Watch that movie. Yeah, dude, uh, I'm on board. Uh, the, so this, with the axe, I will point out that the axe was a like a sphere, like a spear from the back of a previous Godzilla fight. So it looks like the significance of that axe was that Kong had presumably beat Godzilla once or his their ancestors fought. And that's why that axe was significant. Now, it was, he didn't need it, but... <laughs> I don't think he really used it properly once, but um, so yeah, um, for me, yeah, I completely agree on the, on the humans. It, it, okay. So Millie Bobby Brown specifically served no purpose to me. I don't think she's a good actress anyway, but she served no purpose. The, like the podcast guy, which is funny that we're podcast guys talking about a movie, but the podcast guy, um, him and the other kid, the other kid, Julian Dennis, who was great in Deadpool too. Yes. Um, they were hilarious. Yeah, I know. I, I like that element. It was a tie-in, too, to Skull Island. Yeah, yeah. like it, With uh, John me, C. Riley's character. To, to me, the characters that surrounded Kong, the little girl and Rebecca Hall's character were awesome. They deserved to be in that movie. They deserved to be in the movie. I could have done with or without uh, Skarsgård's character, but, you know, to me, it was like, if you needed humans, they were the ones that you needed in this movie. Correct. You know, like as a little girl single-handedly pushed the plot along. <laughs> like yeah. Like she she was probably the best human character in the whole movie. Yeah. Was a little girl could, that didn't say a word. Because she could communicate with him, with Kong. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and Godzilla. 
Yes, and it led to the cheesiest line in the movie. Did that? Did he just talk? Yeah. Is he signing? Like, really? Like that is such a yeah. fucking throwaway line. Like, yeah. That stupid. I, I just rolled my eyes when I saw it. Like, what the? Just why? Like, so, here's the thing I didn't like about the movie. I, I talk about this all the time, and this is another perfect example of fucking movie trope. The three fucking people, Millie Bob Brown and the two guys, find themselves in what is clearly a fucking death pit. Clearly. Yes. It's Mecha Godzilla's fucking death pit. They see like carcasses laying on the ground and they go, oh, let's keep going. No. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm telling you now, if that's me and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in a death pit where there's going to be prehistoric monsters that are going to get unleashed. And whatever is obviously beating the shit out of them is even scarier than they are. No, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not walking further into the death pit. Right. It's like um, it's like if you're, it's like in real life if you're like walking in the woods or something, and like you're on a trail, and you see, you look down, it's like, oh, that's a bear. There's a set of bear paws on the ground, and it's. Going this way. Let's keep going those, that way. And, and those look fresh. Yeah. I'm turning my I'm turning around. Or <laughs> you know, just like like there's a Saw movie coming out, and I, there's going to be there's 15, another one. Yeah, Chris Rock starring Chris Rock oh playing God. a serious Saw movie. But I can almost guarantee you, there's going to be a trope in that movie where they go into a room where clearly something bad has happened, and rather than stopping, going hmm. Maybe we shouldn't continue pursuing this. Let's get help. They're gonna keep going. Right. The fact, but, well, the fact that you said Chris Rock's in it um, is leading me to believe the Canadian bacon um, fire pit scene could be like. <laughs> sorry, we yeah, completely we off, the off the rails. Sorry, <laughs> but, but anyway, so real quick, yeah, um, this movie was a movie that I didn't want to use my brain. I've used my brain to watch WandaVision. I've used my brain to watch. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I needed something just to entertain the shit out of me. And Eric, you know, you kind of touched on it. We watched this movie in two completely different ways, and I think that's the most interesting part of this, is you watched it at home on HBO Max. Correct. I decided if I'm going to go see a movie like this with a scope like this, I want to go see this on the biggest screen I can. So there's a theater here in Winston. There's another road from Wake Forest called The Grand, which is an amazing movie theater. Um, and it's not too overpriced. It was like 11 bucks a ticket for me and my buddy to go. Um, and I watched this thing in the movie theaters. And I will just tell you now, if there's anything I missed, it's the smell of movie theater popcorn. Because the shit you get in the microwave just doesn't do it. Um, <laughs> so to have that movie theater popcorn and sit in a reclined seat, socially distanced. By the way, I felt like they did an amazing job of social distancing because the way it worked was that you know there were two of us seated in seats seven and eight so for social distancing seat six to my left and seat nine to Devin's right were not sold and that's how they uh spaced at the theater so when you buy your tickets and pick your seats that's how they're going to do it um you know i felt safe the whole time i was in there i mean i'm eating popcorn the whole time so i'll be honest i didn't have a mask on for joy of the movie because i couldn't show that delicious buttery goodness I was almost offended when the guy asked me if I wanted butter on my popcorn. I was like, dude, why don't you just go ahead and give me a bucket? 
it's been over a year since I've been in the theater. Um, but yeah, it was a totally different experience. I, mean, I still haven't watched it on HBO Max to get Eric's experience. Um, but just the, the like the roar of Godzilla was, and King Kong. I was going to say, I mean, no. I'm not sure what the filming was. I know cinema usually goes 8K now, but at the time of this, I'm not sure if 8K was being used. But with my 4K um, TV, 4K UHD TV in everything, the picture was great. Um, obviously, the one thing is, I mean, I don't have a sound bar, so I didn't have that sound that you would get, like you just mentioned. That, like like the rumble, like when... Yeah. Like I would, I would, I would have wanted that honestly. Um, yeah, because like when Godzilla comes out of the ocean for the first time, and Kong is all pissed off, he's changed up, and like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like that rumble you felt, like of like these two big beasts are going to beat these shit out of each other. That sound was so important, and I'm so glad I went ahead and did it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. it, it, it to me it was a completely different experience. Um. And I'm that's why I'm so happy people are going to the theater and seeing this. Like, and it's such a cool experience. Yeah, and I do miss that. Uh, I do miss going to the theaters. But again, the one thing I do love about how they've how the pandemic has shifted movie watching for a lot. I mean, do I think we'll see? Eventually, yes, we are going to get back to full capacity stuff. I do believe that, and we'll see. Honestly, I think this movie, if everything was normal would have easily eclipsed per in, in the states i would roughly say 200 i'd probably give it i'd probably go like 100 120 only because it, i don't know you're not you, I, I would i would hope you would be right because i want to see a movie like this succeed right you know but, like yeah yeah it, it it deserves everything it gets um and we're not far off, dude. We have another Warner Brothers movie coming out in a couple weeks, man. We got Mortal Kombat coming yep. out. And, and I am stoked. I'm proud. Well, you know. That's a. That's probably an HBO Max movie. Yeah, but I, I would not. Would, I, again, that's a movie that's not going to make you think, but I also don't want to waste money on it. Um, but one thing I do like about how they've done this is the ability to like how we have it like i could get up to use the bathroom and pause it and not miss a thing you go to the theaters you have to use the bathroom during a movie oops you miss at least five minutes and you don't know know what you're gonna miss i'm just holding it but that's just me i think you know you i think you know from us going on road trips together I just assume drive until my wheels fall off before I have to get out and pee before I stop. But yes, but that's just me. But I'm just saying in general. Um, I'm just putting that in a general statement that how movies are now. Um, I I like that option <laughs> um, to pause it. Uh, the but, uh, the good thing, Eric, is that if anything comes out of this pandemic, which there's going to be a whole lot, but from the movie industry specifically. Is it, you know, the old window used to be 90 days where, you know, if a movie got released on January 1st, they'd have to wait until April 1st before they could release it on VOD. And that's changed. 
Um, now you have these movie studios making deals with certain theater chains and it's it's a lot but the basic gist of it though is now now it's 30 days right possibly 60 where so now you know maybe you don't want to go out and see godzilla versus kong in the theater because you don't think it's worth your hard-earned money and i completely respect that that's the great thing about this country's choice now this is now hbo max i'm gonna yeah i think we're done pretty much here um reviewing the movie (laughs) but first off actually before i get into that thought my opinion is Godzilla actually won this fight because he did basically kill Kong. Like Kong no, he, on his deathbed. He he beat Kong, but he also owes Kong one. Because like, Kong yeah, that, with Mecha yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. why that nod, that was the last thing I'll say too. Is I appreciate that nod at the end where God's, Kong dropped the axe as a way to say, hey, you know what? You win, you're the man. But then you kind of notice Godzilla kind of stood there and kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much. We almost like nodded at him, like, right. "Yeah, man, it's cool. We're we're cool." Yeah, you know. They managed to show mutual respect without using words mm-hmm. in a movie with two kaiju. Yes, but there are some movies that have human actors that can't do it. Right, but yeah, that's what I wanted to say too before I got into this point. Now, because of everything going on, HBO Max versus Disney Plus. Let's go with this because this has been the whole thing disney plus on some of their releases charge 29.99 it's called premiere access hbo max includes it for 30 days now i haven't watched anything on disney plus because there's really nothing that i'd really want to pay 30 dollars for but if you're a family this is where I think the movie business is going. Is if you're a family of three or four, you have young kids, are you gonna spend are you gonna drive to a theater and spend forty dollars on at least forty dollars on four tickets plus snacks, or are you gonna spend thirty dollars to watch it at home and have your own popcorn, your own pizza or whatever and not have to worry about it. So I, I'm going to take the stance that you, I'm going to take the opposite stance on this because I know you I, you and I are both very different on that standpoint. That's why it's called nerds debates and not nerds agrees. Um, and here's the, the point I'll make to it is going to a movie theater, the, the idea of it just being a movie theater and just seeing it as a movie needs to change. Because it's not. Because to me, that same argument could be made. Why would I go pay money to go see a baseball game when I could sit at home, get a better view, not pay $13 for a hot dog, not pay $12 for a beer. Um, those are exaggerated. It's more like 7 bucks for a hot dog and like 12 bucks for a beer. But anyway. Um, but to me, it's to go for the experience. You know, to me... The reason I love going to theater, while it is expensive, and yes, especially people with kids, you definitely have to think about that. You know, you know, it, having a kid sit still for two hours in a theater is nearly impossible. I'm so thankful I didn't have any little kids in my damn movie because there is nothing that will ruin a movie quite like some little three or four year old complaining the whole time. Um, but I, I think, I think the movie theater industry will be fine. I think it's it's a form of entertainment 
that you pay to go and get the experience. I'm going to pay to go and get a freaking thing of popcorn because no matter what I do at home, you know, you're right. You know, you have your choice of food. To me, when I go to a movie, I want to eat fucking popcorn. I don't want to eat nachos. I don't want to eat snow caps. They're disgusting. I don't want to eat $14 candy that I can get at home. I want movie theater popcorn. You know, and for, that's just my opinion, though, is I, I love the idea of there being choice. But for me, it would never affect me because I'm not paying just to go see the movie. I'm paying to go for the experience. I'm paying to see it around other people and have that cheer. And you remember us going to see Logan or not Logan, Wolverine, which was a shit movie. But the experience of going to that packed theater. Uh, I'm the not showing. Yeah. But that, that's just my side of it, Eric. I'll let you go. Sorry I ranted. It's just... No, no, I, I get it, and I see that point, but I'm just talking, like, and it is for the experience, and before the pandemic and the world went to shit for over a year at this point, <laughs> um, I mean, they had the movies that, they had the theaters that had those options, like you can order an actual meal, and you can sit and do that but my whole my point is i think it's gonna i think it's gonna stay now i'm looking at it from the point of certain movies like i would like a like mortal Kombat. i wouldn't want i wouldn't see that in theaters personally because i wouldn't because i feel that would be a waste of 11 to 15 dollars <laughs> um but coming out but coming out in july black widow i'm absolutely seeing in theaters i'm not gonna spend the 30 dollars on disney plus <laughs> it's Budapest, man we you and i okay if there is a time you and i have to hang out you and i <laughs> need to go fucking find out what happened in budapest together I don't want to see the movie with anybody other than my friend Eric, because the one question of this podcast has been, "What the fuck happened in Budapest?" And I've got to know. Yeah, I found out who New Master Sixty Nine is, and I appreciate that. But now I need to know what happened in Budapest. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I know we sort of ended on a different, uh, different topic um, after the reviews, but. Hey, uh, E, let me bring up one other quick thing, too. Sorry, not to end your wrap-up. Um, there is another option out there for people that are more or inclined to go to movies. Uh, MoviePass was a horrible fail and a terrible idea. But a lot of movie theaters now are going to, like, subscription services where, like, you pay 15, 20 bucks a month, but once a week you can go see a movie. And I think for me, that may be something I look at because I love going to the theater. And you're right, I would never go see Mortal Kombat in the theater. But if I had something like that, like I think it's AMC Stubbs or I don't remember what AMC has their own, Cinemark has their own. Um, a lot of the theater chains switch to it, but it's essentially like a rewards card slash subscription. And you pay a certain dollar a month and you can go once a week and see any movie that you'd like. Um, and I think that would be something for myself that I think I would be interested in because then if I wanted to go see Mortal Kombat in theaters, I could, but if I didn't want to, I didn't have to, and I'd still feel like I'm getting some value. 
Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, definitely agree with the movie pass being an awful idea. But yeah, that that is another option that's out there. And uh, yeah, I just think now, I think that's something that's going to stay um, in the, in entertainment is I do believe you're still going to have a 30-day HBO Max window. I do believe you'll have a $29.99 premiere access on Disney Plus for certain movies. And then you'll have, because the more options you have, I think is going to be better for the movie business because, look, either way, these studios are getting their money. <laughs> um, they don't make these deals with these services to not make money. Do you know what really needs to change, Eric? Seriously, what needs to change more than the else is how much they spend on making these. Like, the reason it's so expensive to go to a movie theater is because it costs $250, $250 million to make a big, like a big, big movie. And the movie theater has to charge, <laughs> you know, they pay basically to show those movies. So those prices keep going up. Well, if the movie theater is paying more to show the movie, then of course they're going to turn around and pass that along to the consumers. You know, I mean, fun fact that movie theaters make nothing on ticket sales. I don't know if you, you knew this, but movie theaters make nothing on ticket sales. They make their money and their profit from the concessions. Yep. So, um, you know, it, it, what really needs to change is how much they make. If you can get a movie like Deadpool, that was a phenomenal movie that was made for $35 million that still grossed over $800 million. You could make a great movie and not have it cost $2 billion to make it, hoping you're going to make $400 billion in return. And, but yeah, I'm sorry. Off topic. Let's wrap it up. Sorry. No, I um, definitely agree with that. But certain movies do that because they know they can do it, i.e., every Marvel movie. <laughs> literally every marvel movie is like 100 like like, like your lower end ant-man's maybe like 80 to 100 million dollars to make but yeah but they're gonna make and it back oh it's they're back. gonna make it yeah i don't think a marvel movie's gross less than like 600 million yeah i'm not i'm not sure what the figures are on that but yeah I, they've all profited like there's <laughs> but yeah that's our episode um hope you enjoyed listening i know at the end we sort of went off that but we thought it sort of tied in because we watched Congress Godzilla in two different ways. And it sort of gave insight to where entertainment is and where it could go. Uh, but we appreciate you listening. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan Angie. And join us next week for episode four review of Falcon Winter Soldier and another fun debate. Take care, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>